Grace to you and peace from God our Heavenly Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We continue our study in Philippians 2 with the sixth verse. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. And it's that word robbery in another translation, uh, something to be grasped. Who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. And it's that concept of what are you holding on to. Because whatever it is you're holding on to, that is what is most important to you. That is what you're valuing. And by choosing to value one thing or one person, you also choose to devalue other things and other people. I know, it doesn't seem that way. You know, I can choose this without affecting anything else, but it does in our life, in, in our heart and our mind, when we choose one person over another, it changes the relationship with every other person. And when we choose something that we like, our vision and our viewpoint changes. And so we want to look at what Jesus was doing. Last week we talked about having the mind of Jesus. And when we look at that mind and what's in our mind, you know, the things that we mind, the things that we pay attention to, the things that we concentrate on and contemplate, the people that are in our mind and that occupy our thoughts, it's important that we evaluate them. Now, uh, Blake was very bold and said life first, that that's what he values the most, right? That's actually very astute. If in the the gospel lesson that Jonathan just read, what would it what would it benefit a man if he gains the whole world only to lose his? By the way, I argue with that word. It says in this translation, life, but I argue that it's actually lose his soul. But anyway, so if you gain the whole world but you lose your life, who gets what you got? So he made a good choice. But then he, he started backing off and stuttering and, well, family, and then finally settled the money. Money is an easy choice, by the way. What does he mind? What's his, what's his thoughts on? What's his contemplation and concentration? Jesus, being in nature God, uncreated, from eternity to eternity, could have very well said, I value sitting here with you, Dad, and making sure that things are good in the world. But Jesus understood that sitting there in the heavenly realm would not fulfill the covenant that needed to be fulfilled. So therefore, it was not the thing that he valued. It was not the thing sitting in his right hand. He did not consider it something to be grasped, to be called equal with God, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Because God has placed something else into that hand. God placed us into Jesus' hands when he made that covenant with Adam and Eve that, well, actually with Satan, 
that I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. God placed us squarely in Jesus' hands to care for and to carry throughout eternity. And he had to choose, do I value sitting next to my Father in this heavenly realm, or do I value my relationship with the millions of people that God has promised redemption to, that God has promised to reclaim from their sins, that God has promised to redeem and to ransom from the clutches of Satan. And by the way, it was an easy argument for Jesus. Well, I, I, I'm going to say it was an easy argument for Jesus. I haven't had a conversation with him where he, he disclosed that but I know the heart of my Savior. And when the Father said, this is what you must do, Son, Jesus said, Amen to that. And he let go of the heavenly kingdom and he reached down and gently picked up that creation of God. Broken, flawed, sin-filled. And he said, Dad, just let me know when. I've got it firmly in my grasp. And so creation lay for centuries and millennia through the times of Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, on down to the time that the sun comes down. Still in his heart, in his mind, clutching, holding tight to that promise that God had made to all creation. Grasping that which was most important to him. You and me. And as he made his journeys around that land, as he did his miracles, we were there with him, clutched in his hand, held in his mind, doing everything just as a father would have him do it our benefit for our care and whatever whatever he chose to do it was not for his benefit that he might fill his hand with more fame or fortune or glory but that a we might be protected from the clutches of Satan and b we might be set free in that heavenly realm which he had forsook. That we might dwell with the Father even as he had dwelt with the Father. And that in all things, our heart, body, and mind might be built up. Not by the knowledge that we grasp God. Not, that the, not by the knowledge that we sought God out. Not that the by the knowledge that we earned our way to heaven. But rather by the knowledge that he who knew no sin chose to become sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He poured out all that was heaven and took up all that was sin. So that we might have that righteousness. No, no. 
we might become that righteousness of God. What was that character in mythology, Midas? Anything he touched turned to gold? Right? Think of Jesus. He touches your heart, your mind, and it is instantly clean. He pours his blood out upon you. Your sins are washed away in an instant, in a heartbeat, in a flash of light. God takes that sin from you and gently picks you up and says, Welcome, my child. Be at peace, for you are loved. And it says something about the things that we grasp. I want you to think. Now, I'm not talking about your hand grasping. I'm talking about your mind. I'm, I'm going back to last week. I want you to think about the last five people you prayed for. Okay? Now, I want you to think about each of those five people. Were they somebody who did good things for you and was important to you? Or were, were they somebody that had wronged you? Somebody that had done something terrible to you? Or perhaps even somebody that you eh, barely even knew. Jesus, in the heavenly realm, took his mind off of that which he knew, that which he valued, and that which valued him. And he turned his heart and his mind to that which had done him wrong, that which was sin itself. We show God that we have that mind. When we grasp those that have wronged us and say, but God forgive them and help me to forgive them. By turning to those that are less fortunate to, than ourselves and saying, God, look upon them and be kind to them. Grasp them in your hand and hold them close to your heart. Rather than just those that we love and those that love us. Rather than just those who do good things for us. Who help and comfort us. You see, we need to stop grasping at those things that are important to us. And we need to start grasping at the things that God would have us do. Helping the helpless. Giving shelter to the homeless. Giving food to the hungry. Giving love to the unloved. And forgiveness the unforgiven. By grasping those who are not close to us, we are Christ-like for them. Because we show that that love of God that has been poured out upon us and poured out into us and that righteousness that we become extends beyond us. And that we want to do what we can help our friends, our family, and yes, even those who have done us wrong.
the thieves, the robbers, the bullies in our lives. Christ came to take us on. He asks us to go and to teach about God's love, to teach about how God, Christ let go of his rightful place in heaven and came down to live among us, which we'll talk about next week, and how he emptied himself and became a servant. We, we, as we tell that story, as we pick them up and lift them up to the Father, he grasps them in his hand and in his heart. May we, may we walk that path that God would have us walk. May we stretch out our hand and fill it up with those that God would have us fill it up with. May we seek to do good to all that we meet and to share that love of Christ. And when it comes to grasping and clutching, may we never withhold the love of God and the forgiveness. May we open our hand and cast it out to all that we meet. And may we hold close to our heart all those that God gives to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus and a life everlasting. Amen.